Hey everybody, thank you for dropping in to listen to my podcast, the Unspoken Soul Podcast. Tonight, I definitely want to talk about something that is important, and that is messages that we need to give to our children. What messages are we sending to our kids today? What messages are we giving ourselves, and are we even giving messages And are our messages that we're giving affecting our kids in the wrong way? And I want to start off with a word that hits us all at one point or another, and that is discouragement. Everybody experiences discouragement. And one thing about discouragement, it shows up whenever it feels like it. It can show up for no reason at all. It can show up when someone has done something wrong to us. It can show up when we can't figure things out. And when we don't have discouragement, that understanding of discouragement, we lose confidence. We lose enthusiasm in the things that we want to do in life. And sometimes we as parents, the messages that we send our children unaware cause them this level of discouragement. And another definition for discouragement is an attempt to prevent something by showing disapproval or creating difficulties. Sometimes we are the very things, even when we mean well and we have a plan for our kid's life and we're telling them certain things, we mean well with the messages that we send them. But it can create, you know, a lot of difficulties for them without totally understanding the message that we're trying to send them. We have grown up with so many different mixed messages. By the time we're, we are adults, we're operating based off what people have told us, what messages we've received from our parents, from our environments, from schools, and they affect how we operate in our everyday life. The first thing I want to talk about as a message that needs to be sent to our children is that they have a brain. You have a brain. Use it. You have a brain, you need to know what affects this brain. You need to know how important your brain is. Our brains is something that holds on to all the knowledge, all the information. It is affected by what we eat, what we put in our bodies, and it means something. Without our brains being able to function properly, we got all kind of mental illnesses. We have all kind of misconceptions in our heads, and our kids are affected by not having the knowledge that they need to become great people. I always tell my kids when they want me to figure something out for them, they want me to do something, or they're just giving me any type of answer for what their assignments are. I say, use your brain. Where's your brain? Show me your brain. They point to their heads. They need to know these basic things that they are, they are made up of and what they do. And using your brain And understanding what your brain needs makes you a stronger individual. We'll let our kids grow all the way up and never mention how important their mental health is, how important that what they see affects them, affects how they operate, affects the things that they do, and how without the brain, the whole body shuts down. 
It is in our thought processes that we control our lives. It is in our thought processes that depending on what goes into our thought processes affects how we feel. And then how we feel after a while starts to cause us to behave in certain ways. So we see our kids acting out and we see them doing little behaviors here and there. It starts with them understanding that it is a source, it is a place that causes you to feel a certain way that causes you to do a certain thing. And we need to be able to protect that them understanding the basics of what something is in the physical can help transpire something in the spirit, as well as teach them how to protect it. Letting them understand that you have to be mindful of what people are telling you, whether they're kids or whether they're adults. The things that people are telling you, you need to rightfully understand how to challenge that or how to think about it to see if it fits your life or to see if it fits the standards of our families and what I expect uh, for you to understand. You have a brain, use it. You have a brain. Be careful what you're reading. Be careful what you're watching. Um, uh, my kids are video gamers like many other kids out there. But I explain to them, listen, I know you, you know how these video games make you feel really good. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, well, too much of it can make you feel really angry, really anxious. Do you ever notice that's happening to you after playing the video games? And sometimes they want to lie and act like the video games is God almighty. But I know and they know, too, that it slows down their thoughts thinking. So I explained to them when you can't do your work, when you can't get things accomplished and finished, it's because of what you're allowing to come into your mind. Your mind is very important. Your mind is going to be the most important thing that you'll ever have. And if you waste it or if it breaks or if something happens to change the way your brain is, it can affect you from being able to become this adult that can buy as many video games as you want and to be able to do as many things as you want to do and go places that you want to go. Explaining these things to our kids is important and sometimes we forget that it's the simplicity of things that they need to understand so that they can put it together of let me protect this. So now they know when they're out hanging out with their friends or when they're outside playing that when someone tells them something that they're not used to hearing from their family, from their parents, that maybe they need to challenge that. Maybe they need to think about whether or not this person, what they're telling me or what they're showing me, is it going to be good for my life based off what I know? And teaching them about themselves and how powerful they are puts them in a position to communicate with us better when they do have a challenge. Communication is the second thing that we need to provide our kids the message that you have to communicate a lot of kids, they sit quietly because one, we're telling them don't speak in school. You can't speak until you raise your hand or you can't speak or sometimes you're not called on at all and you really wanted to say something. So you stop to you stop speaking and you feel like I'm just not going to say anything anymore. No, they need to know that communication is a key to life. So when your brains are operating at full speed, when you have things that are going on in there, you need to communicate what is happening on the inside of me that starts in my head. The next thing is a message that is really, really clear that needs to be really, really clear to our kids is that there is a plan for your life. How many people out there have actually 
told their kids there's something more for you out there and different parts of this message that I'm trying to send today is of course you take it as it applies and if it doesn't you let it fly but also it has to be age appropriate every child I understand may not be ready for certain types of messages but at some point in their lives before they become teenagers they need to be in a routine of of receiving messages from us that are appropriate that can help them process and understand so many times I see parents operating in their own ways and they forget that kids have feelings and kids have thoughts too but the feelings and the thoughts that kids have are just like the feelings and the thoughts that adults have so just think about when we get stressed and we feel distressed um, about things so do our kids but imagine being a child that is not aware of all the things in the world and is not as knowledgeable as we are about things and feeling these emotions and having these thoughts and not being able to express them even when i see little kids i hold them and i speak something great over their life we miss these tiny steps of letting that go into their brain waves, letting them hear that you're amazing, letting them hear that you're going to live a great life. You're going to be someone. You're going to be successful. You're not going to be traumatized, you know, declaring certain things to them um, that is in regards to them being able to have a plan for their life. And once they're old enough to identify what is a plan and what is life, it is important to also let them know you are in charge of that. You are in charge of building this plan. You are in charge of executing this plan. And that's when we have an opportunity to communicate with them all the ways that they can build a plan. And I'll use again, you know, these kids are gamers out here. I tell my son all the time, you want to be a gamer? That's totally fine. I get it. You like it. You love it. You love it. I'm asking him. You love it. He's like, yeah, I love it. Figure out how you can make your own. How do you put together, go research since y'all are so good with YouTube and all these other things, go study all the YouTubers and see how they're making money because there's a plan for your life that you don't have to sit here and play video game after video game. Your brain waves slow down. Then you don't know anything. And as you get older, you, you're going to have a hard time in school. If you fail out of school or don't have some sort of business plan or some type of plan for your life, you become that adult that only plays video games that doesn't go anywhere in life. There's other things out here in life that are for you. There's places to travel. There's video games to be made so that you can have them in the market and you can make money and people can know who you are. Do you want people to know who you are? Why is it important for us to know, uh, for people to know who we are? Because all of us are important because all of us have a place in life because all of us should excel. We are, we are like the sun. We are light. Everything in our life is not about negativity or hard time or poverty teaching our kids young if they hear these messages this can be something that's normal for them to understand and know as they get older and they have experiences where they can build themselves up to be great human beings the next one is I think it's so important for us to let our kids to know about friendship about the meaning of friendship and how strong and important it is to have friends and to be a good friend, but also for them to understand that you have to watch out for bad friends explaining to them that there's going to be times where you meet people and you feel like they're your best friend. But I remember being younger and having friends that were just 
they were raised differently from me or they were in the same struggle as me. And because we were both in, you know, traumatic environments or we both had a lot of drugs and violence around us because that that friend was stronger than me or they were more exposed to things or more open to talking about it. They would tell me things that was not going to be beneficial for me down the long run. They taught me about fighting. You know, they taught me about here, try this drug, do this thing. And I was down for it because why? That's my friend. But teaching our kids what what it is to have friends, what is a good friend and what is a not so good friend is very edifying for them while they are young. I can recall having a family member who really, really struggled with their friendships and they was like they wanted friends so bad that any friend would do. And I watched this situation play out and it was just like every time I would watch this particular person play with different people or hang out with different people, I realized that this individual had so many things. They had the world pretty much in the physical. They had all the toys. They they had all these great things to do. They had, you know, the parents that was there giving them everything. And so these friends that they were connecting with didn't have those things. And that person didn't realize that the only reason why these people are connected to you is because of what you have, not because of who you are. And nobody told this individual anything about who they were and how special they were. So as they began to get used um, and only could, you know, be beneficial to their friends when they had something, they started to notice that. So this person begins to give and they begin to give because they correlate that if I give, that is how I will get friends, not understanding that certain friends who don't understand what friendship is or come from different type of backgrounds will come and take from you and then they will hurt you. And then what happened after that is they started getting into patterns where these friends just weren't beneficial to them and would start to be demeaning of them or start to boss, uh, be bossy with them and want to take their things and hurt their feelings. And then that, you know, instills low self-esteem in a person. Now they start because I'm hurt because I'm wounded by what my friends are doing and I want them to like me, I'm willing to be open and more susceptible to doing anything they ask that could be really dangerous for a kid. This is why we have when kids play together, that one child is like, my dad got a gun. You want to see it? You want to see it? But if our children have that message about, you know, using your brain and thinking about things, thinking about is this person good or bad for you, thinking about the fact that there's a plan for your life, you don't want to do anything that will cause this plan not to come to pass and breaking that down for them, depending on their age group, when they're in this situation where my dad has a gun, you want to see it, they should already be able to process and understand that this might not be the best possible situation. Why? Because I'm thinking thinking that, you know, one, if it's for a parent and we're kids, we might need to ask. Two, it's a gun. So with our world and all the information and these video games, these kids are very clear on what can happen when we use a gun. So maybe someone could get hurt. No, I don't want to do that. Teaching our kids how to say no is also a very, very positive message. It is okay to say no, but if they say no to us adults, 
we're not trying to have that because we expect for them to do what we want them to do on demand. But teaching them how to have their own voice is so important. So yes, I might not want to hear my child telling me no, but I do want to question them. Why are you telling me no? Instead of just spanking them or yelling or, you know, making them be in a position where I'm not going to say anything anymore because I know how my parent is going to respond or I know how these adults are going to respond to me. So I'm not going to say much. I'm just going to go ahead and do whatever I feel like I want to do. And then I'll seek the consequences later. So it's, it's really important for them to know that they need to watch out for different types of friends, what type of friend you need to be, what is a friend and how to say no. These things are so important, the messages to our children that we really, really need to give. And some of us need to give these same messages to ourselves because no one gave them to us as a child. I can't imagine what my life would have been sooner had I had somebody that was just telling me the things I needed to know, the knowledge that I wasn't going to get in school. By the time we start school, we're coming out of all kind of environments, all kind of homes. And there's this expectation on us that we know. And some kids really don't know. They don't know that they're powerful. They don't know that they can do it because they're sitting right in classrooms with teachers who's telling them that they can't. And I can recall being in, I don't know, I believe it was like seven or eighth grade where the teacher was kind of telling me, she was like, I can't wait. So you old enough to see how it is and you want to see how miserable you are because you're not doing X, Y, Z. And all these years looking back, I do understand I was ornery and I didn't listen. But even in the midst of that, having someone sit you down and send you a positive message that you can turn this behavior around, that these are the consequences that come with it. And I care about you is why I'm telling you this will work so much better when they're younger Um, before you just exposed to any kind of situation and doing any kind of thing after that, because you simply did not know. I think a major message that we need to also tell our kids is that you don't have to be like me. Sometimes we are creating cycles of, of kids that, We want them to live up to our standard. We want them to live a life that we desire for them to live. We want them to do exactly what we want them to do. When our kids are born, we're already giving them their names. We're already giving them whatever environment they're going to come in, whether it's toxic, appropriate or not appropriate. We're already giving them these religious beliefs. We're giving them everything except for highlighting who they might be intended to be, which we don't really know until they start to get older. And that's why we should allow them to be open. We should allow them to explore. And instead of shutting them down and making them close their mouths, we might want to position ourselves to just observe them and see and question, where did you get that from? How did you do that? Who taught you that? Because asking those types of questions, our kids can respond to us and let us know whether or not they're in danger. And that goes and ties into a lot of sexual abuse too. Just simply asking, when you stayed at such and such house, how were things? What happened when you went to sleep? You know, did you sleep all right? Was there anybody around you? You know, asking these types of questions so that they can let us know what's going on. And in the speaking of, you know, sexual abuse and other things that can happen, me being a person that grew up having those experiences of being molested, you know, I needed someone to tell me to question me 
about what was going on in my life because the type of kid I was anyway, I always ran my mouth and all these years later, I'm still running my mouth in a better way. But I would have been more open to letting someone know that this is being done to me. It wasn't until I was, I don't know, maybe ninth grade that someone was even able to explain to me that when a person does certain things to you and you're that age, it's called this is rape and this is molestation. And I'm sitting here thinking that it is a normal behavior because this person told me not to say anything. And when we are able to tell our kids, you know, you don't have to be like me, mommy or daddy. We went through these circumstances. We went through these situations. This is what happened. Letting our kids know that we've been there. Sometimes these kids don't even think that we're human. They just can't stand us for the simple fact. We act like we forgot, like we forgot what it's like to be a kid. And when you're a kid, you might not know everything, but you can still find some form of understanding through what you're seeing, through what you're hearing. Uh, through the messages that are given to you. So letting our, our kids know, I tell my kids all the time when I'm frustrated with them about their schoolwork, like, listen, I was not smart at all. In fact, I, I was a little bit dumb. I know that's a strong word, but, and that was because I didn't sit down and I didn't listen and I didn't take my time. But I then explained to them, you know, when I got into college, I was struggling to do my multiplication in front of all these other adults. And there was an expectation for me to know things that I didn't know. And do you know how I felt? I asked them those types of questions and they, and they say, well, was you embarrassed? Absolutely. I was embarrassed. And because I was embarrassed, it made me not want to work harder. So had I just sat down and got, you know, focused on learning what the teacher was asking me to do and having someone to explain to me that if you learn this now, it's going to help you out for things later on. I don't want you to grow up and be embarrassed because you don't know the basic things you're supposed to know in life, how much further that would have gotten me in school where I would have been able to focus and have better grades in college because I definitely failed out with a 1.7 GPA my first time, uh, you know, going to school because I really didn't know anything and I didn't have any sense of confidence and I wasn't very clear on the plan that was for my life. But if someone who had would have instilled that in me at a younger age, by the time I'm in my 20s, I have some type of picture, some type of understanding or direction to where I want to go, even if I don't know exactly where my destination is because we know as we grow, as we live, as we have these experiences, life teaches us and it shapes our thinking and we start to find out what we like and what we dislike. And I couldn't stand math. That's why it wasn't working for me. But when you have a parent that study hollering, uh, like many of us do sometimes with our kids when we're frustrated and you're trying to process that knowledge, you become frustrated and your brain shuts down and then you can't answer the questions because you're really just trying to satisfy your parent at that moment moment so that they can stop whatever negative behavior they're doing towards you. But it's okay. I, I, and, and family therapy, it used to really frustrate me when we have families together and, you know, some parents feel like here, the, here's the child, fix them. They have a problem. One of the first things I'm going to tell you is they don't have a problem. You do. And let's, let's address your problem and let's change your perspective. And then we can go ahead and we can reach this child where they are so they have a better understanding and so that they feel heard so that they are able to do something different with the behaviors that they're doing because they understand it. Sometimes our kids are doing things they don't understand. They see it on the videos. They see it on TV. They see it in our community and they see us do it. So to, it, it just doesn't, it's cognitive dissonance to them when they're hearing us say one thing and, and, 
do another and now we're expecting them to do exactly what they what we want them to do it doesn't work like that so sending that message to them that you don't have to be like me. You can be so much better than me. I talk to you like this. I discipline you like this. I'm, I'm structuring your life like this because I want more for you. I don't want you to repeat me living in, in Section 8 and public housing. I don't want you to repeat me having babies outside of marriage or, you know, not having a father or having a mother that has walked out on our kids because it goes both ways, always has been both ways, you know, but letting them know that so they have some form of understanding we really got to snap out of this thing about our kids being too young for knowledge yes depending on what the knowledge is information can be dangerous if, if it's not taught appropriately that's why I said depending on their age and depending on the setting and what the circumstances you as the parent you as the teacher you as whatever that mentor you have to be able to intuitively and be knowledgeable yourself first and to know you know what you're talking about before you lead and guide these kids and tell them certain things another message tonight is that we need to talk to our kids about pain many of us adults in dealing with our pain we don't want to deal with it we avoid it or we've been hurt so bad that we have suppressed that hurt which means that we have pushed it so far down and built up over top of it so we don't have to address it, not realizing it's coming out in our finances, it's coming out in our relationships, it's coming out in the way we feel about ourselves. It's making us depressed, it's making us anxious, it's got us aggravated and angry, it's got us feeling all these different things. But even we need to understand that pain is natural. And our kids need to understand that pain is natural as well, that it is a deep feeling that happens when something unexpected happens to you that does not feel good. That is what produces pain. And there's many different things that produces pain, depending on what examples you want to give your child that's appropriate. You go for that. But them understanding that pain is something that is natural is something that's going to happen to you. But this is the this is the kicker when it happens to you. You may want to feel this way. You may want to do this particular thing. You might want to shut down because you're hurting. You might not want to talk about it because you don't know how to express it. And it's in you. But it's okay to have these pains because they're coming whether you want it to or not. So trying to teach them to be overly protective and, and, and avoid pain is not healthy either, but having an understanding of what to do with it when it comes. And yeah, of course, we want to teach our kids how to protect themselves from certain types of pain that they can avoid. But I'm just talking about the, the, the average pain that we all feel. They're going to have a heartbreak. They're going to have someone lie to them. They're going to have someone try to use them. They're going to see us go through pain. They're going to hear of their friend's pain and their, their friend's family not being equipped to deal with their pain and not know how to handle that. So if we're able to teach them that pain is something that is natural and what to do with it, how to process it, how to let it go so that they don't avoid it, then when they do get hit with it, they're not as likely to just hold on to it like some of us have done. 
and like some of us are doing. So that's a message for us adults as well is that, listen, pain is something that is inevitable. It's going to happen, but it's not something that you're supposed to sit in forever. We can teach each other that, listen, when you do feel pain, you need to experience it, which means that you need to say I'm hurting. You need to say such and such hurt me. You need to say such and such made me angry. Such and such did this. That's fine. But then there's a point after that that you have to breathe and you have to either figure out why that happened or accept that you can't understand why it happened, but know who you are. And that's going back to using your brain, knowing who you are. That's going back to knowing that there is a plan for your life, that, you know, you do have people that are going to be supportive and that you can move forward and then you can release feelings. Feelings don't have to be something that always stay inside of us, but there's something that's going to come and go for the rest of our lives. So let's not try to not make it happen, but let's be prepared for when it happens and as it happens so that we don't get stuck in it because many of us adults are still stuck in a a lot of our childhood pain that hasn't been addressed. So how much better could the journey of life be for these kids if they're aware, if they're knowledgeable of how things can affect them prior to it happening so that when it does happen, they're not shocked. And that's what happened to many of us. We were shocked by our experiences and we had nothing to, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know who to talk to because many of the people we had to talk to might've not been the best fit. But if we can teach them little skills, even when they try to talk to someone, what happens when that person's not listening? What happens when mommy and daddy are not hearing you that you're in pain? You might need to write it down. Write it down and send them a note. Everybody has a cell phone these days, text it. Let them know I'm hurting. I don't know why I'm hurting. I just feel this hurt. And I got little people now today that I work with and they're able to vocalize to their parents. I'm having pain and they point to it where it is. And I have one person that they point to their heart and pointed to their heart where they were able to let their parent know that emotionally something was going on. And even though they couldn't give the full synopsis of why they were hurting, they were able to let that parent know who did it. And with that, that draws attention for that parent to pay attention to the person they're talking to and to go ahead and research and explore. Is it something going on with my child that they're being put in pain, that they're being hurt, that I can prevent, that I can stop and that I can address so that my child doesn't have another situation of how they've been hurt and they grow up without addressing it. And all this suppressed emotions of pain is still there. And now 10, 15, 20 years from now, we're wondering why our 20 year olds, our 30 year olds can't thrive in life is because they weren't knowledgeable on how to handle things when they were younger. The next one is that love is the most important thing in life. I'm watching so many adults today talk out of their mouths like they're done with love. You know, they don't want it anymore because of their experiences. I'm not I'm not trying to love anybody like, you know, we treat people nasty. We're nasty to ourselves. We don't have that level of self-love. We don't have that level of love towards one another, just culturally, how things have been just through our past experiences and our cycles of behavior that keeps us from feeling love one for ourselves and feeling love. Secondly, one to another. Love is essential. They need to know that 
They need to feel that. They need to understand what love is and what love is not. And everybody can take that how they see fit for their family because love is an action word and everybody looks at it. Some people look at it on a more spiritual sound. Some people define it by what the scripture says. I had somebody talk to me today about love and how love is patient and how love is kind and how love is all these different things. But when I ask other people, you know, what is love? They can't even give me a definition from their own experiences. I think one of the greatest things um, that can happen is a person really educate you on what things are. I remember being about 18 years old and I had such emotional, you know, such emotional distress. My boyfriend at the time kind of kidnapped me. He threw me in the car, locked the doors and he took me to church and I remember him dragging me in the church. I didn't want to go. I was, I was so hard as a young lady. Um, I didn't know what was going on with me and he was picking up on it because he couldn't emotionally connect with me because those emotions were absent. So as I went to this counseling session with my pastor and he began to ask me certain questions, he told me something that changed my life forever. He said, Kiara, how would you ever know how to love unless you first was love? And that was an issue me not ever experiencing it in a healthy manner, I wasn't able to reciprocate that. So him giving me that knowledge that, hey, maybe you, you're having a hard time in this area because you never experienced it. No one ever gave it to you. They were supposed to. But there's different forms of love after that. After understanding that I was supposed to get something, that something was lacking, it really broke something in my spirit and it opened me up to find out what is love. And then there was all these other avenues I found as I got older, you know, about loving myself, about understanding, you know, how important it is to show love to other people, even when you don't want to, even when you don't always feel your best. And even after a painful time, because love is what keeps us alive, that connectedness, that flowingness, that action of really being there for someone else of really giving them, you know, that heartfelt emotion. That's good. We shouldn't all be angry all the time. That shouldn't be the only thing we know how to express. We shouldn't be expressing just frustration, but it is okay to love and it is okay to love again. Some people, you know, they do have that experience of love, but because they're not full of love on their, by their own self, when they get burned or they get hurt, you know, they're already depleted from what they needed to have for themselves. So they feel like they have nothing left and they can't go on. So love is a very essential piece teaching them that. And it's so sad in our, in our day and age that people have lost their sense of love that we take it from our kids lives. I remember my son, he was five years old. He was in kindergarten and he went to school and there was um, a little girl and he told her, I love you. And he gave her a hug and they literally called me like my son was in total error, that it was inappropriate behavior. Like he was doing something sexual and he was not, he was not doing anything wrong. He was operating on how he was taught. So I had to express to that teacher, you know, that he was taught a certain way. And where is your level of thinking? Thinking that little kids, such as kindergartners, can't hug each other and can't show each other love. They needed to hear that. She really needed to hear that. And I had to bring my son home and explain that to him. Don't stop trying to love somebody else because this person had an issue with it. Because that's not okay. And then sometimes, guess what? People aren't going to love you the way you deserve to be loved, but you love anyway because it's going to keep you full of life. It's going to keep you afloat. It's going to make you resilient. And my final one for today is that we can't send a message 
any other message. We need to learn how to send the message that I'm sorry. Being able to tell our kids, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I made a mistake. Letting them know it is okay to say sorry when you do something wrong so that they don't learn how to cover up their behaviors, to cover up their mistakes. No, I can address it. I can put myself out there. I know I did something wrong. Let me apologize for it. Let me say I'm sorry, but mean it. And, and teaching them, you know, you can't just apologize over and over and over again about change behavior. When you do something that is an error, you have to work on whatever that behavior was that you did. And you have to change that. And you have to be sincere with your apologies or don't give apologies at all. A couple of years ago, I was working for a program and um, something got really out of hand and the person was just really, really walling out. So when we had to go before the supervisor, you know, the person ended up having a mouth down and saying, you know, Kiara, I'm so, so sorry. And I was acceptive of their apology. Um, and my supervisor, she turned to me and she said, okay, Kiara, and your turn. And I said, no, I don't have a turn. I'm sorry. I don't have a turn. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that you felt like I was going to have a turn, but I don't apologize for things I don't mean. And right now I'm really not sorry. And she was really, really taken back, but she wanted me to apologize about something that I was not in the wrong for and I wasn't going to apologize. And I teach people that too. Don't say things you don't mean. Say what you mean and mean what you said. So sorry is, is something that they need to know at a young age and they need to know it in its appropriate manner because we got people and just like adults that say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Without change behavior, it means nothing. But that change behavior piece is something that we really need. So I hope y'all enjoyed this message. We need to send better messages to our kids and sometimes we need to remember remind ourselves of the messages we truly never heard and that we need to probably tell ourselves now. So thank you guys for listening. If you need to contact me, my name is Kiara. You can reach me at the unspoken soul podcast at gmail.com, or you can text me at 302-514-3301. Thank you guys for listening week after week. I'm loving the responses and I'm excited to continue to grow this podcast, but let's be mindful of the messages that we're sending and the messages that we're receiving. I love you guys. Good night.